Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. That's why we refuse to worry about the Canes. Under 500 through 7. Who cares? Well, we care, but we don't worry. How about that? Natchez, the man of the night last night. But let's let's take an even further dive into the DNA of what the Canes did last night. Into the DNA of who the Canes are, which is why last night happened and why it feels a complete 180 from at this time yesterday. A complete 180 from yesterday prior to that game. After the first 15 minutes last night, so we're looking about 15 minutes into the first period, the Canes were down 2-zippy. 2-0. If you're a soccer fan, 2-0. 2 love. <laughs> 2 love. Which, if, if you're uh, an American football fan, it was a safety to zero. Uh, which meant, like even zooming out a little bit further, 15 minutes into last night's game, the Canes were on a three-game losing streak. They had been shut out against Tampa Bay 3-0 back on Tuesday, so they had been outscored 5-zip in their last four periods and needed to mount a comeback to, to avoid a four-game losing streak. It would not have been unreasonable for them to get a little in their head. It would not have been unreasonable for them to start pointing fingers. It would not been. It would not have been unreasonable for them to start going, uh, "Woe is me! These injuries. Svetch isn't back. The Pesci's out. Wah wah wah." That's not what they did, right? They leaned on that thing that we've been telling you is there all season long. They came back. This time it was Natchez, right? He was he was the one that kick-started the turnaround. Late first period goal from Natchez. Maybe the, the, the prettiest thing that he participated in yesterday wasn't the goal in the first period to cut it to 2-1 or the goal in overtime that won it, both of which he scored. Probably was the setup, right? Shea and, and Natchez uh, combining to set up Kokeniemi with a, a third period goal to tie it up. That was probably the prettiest thing we saw all night. That's the, the, the exact DNA that the Canes have. That's something that only comes with having played together for a long time, being in a system that you trust for a long time, having a coach that you trust who's been there, you guessed it, for a long time. Now look at where you are. You're back to 500, 4-4, four and four, which sounds so much better than 3-4. and four. You have Svechnikov back Tonight. Oh, uh, yes, for people who did not know that, Svetch is coming back tonight. As of a little bit this afternoon or a little bit before. It was like 1140. I think the tweet actually came out at 1139 if Something we want like to be that. extremely specific. The the Hurricanes tweeted out, I'm back with a picture pic, picture of Svetch. So he's back. You want to hear what Rod Brindamore thinks about it? He was on with our good friend Adam Gold earlier today. Here he is. Uh, Well, it's 
listen, it's been a long time coming. Um, for him, it's more than us. I mean, he's been itching at it. So he gave us the green light this morning, so that's good. Um, where does he fit? That's going to be, you know, that'll be a little bit of an ongoing process probably for a while until he gets under his, you know, gets some minutes in. Yeah. You know, so uh, I'll probably just monitor it, and he'll probably play a little bit here and there, and we'll just keep ramping him up as, as you know, he gets more comfortable. So, uh, thank you, Adam. Uh, I'll start, I'll, I'll finish this sentence for Adam. So, uh, everything's kind of turning around for the Canes. Right. You, you, you turn around the, the game, which by like that, it, that had the sense of the, the actual, the third period goal, the Coke Kenny goal for me felt like a turning point in the early part of the season for the Canes. It, it had like that that movie moment thing where that one finds the back of the net and everyone's like, "Yay, way to go, Charlie!" Mighty Ducks. Uh, like like that's what it felt like. Yeah. And then right suddenly, you know, they're they're I don't know if you saw they're walking to the uh, the their little whatever presented by in, in Invisalign the uh, walk into the stadium. Everyone today has like. A little bit more swag, a little bit more fashion, taking a little bit more risk, maybe yeah. a brighter suit, maybe a bolder plaid pattern, Svetch's back. It's like, you know, they're they're whistling when they walk, metaphorically, a little bit of bounce in their step. Feels like everything kind of changed, right? That comeback could be a turning point in the early part of the season for the Canes, which is what we were kind of waiting for. Yeah. We knew it was in there. We had a lot of confidence that this core would find it. They knew what it what it felt like, right? Uh, I talk a lot about the winning glow. If you're on a team that wins in the postseason, if you're on a team that wins a championship, if you're on a team that that turns around a culture, there's this winning glow because everybody knows you are aware of what it feels like when things are going well. And the beauty of that is you're aware of what it feels like when things aren't going well and you know something needs to change. There was no doubt in my mind through seven games when it was when they were three and four. Right when they had gone, uh, what was it, two and four on the road trip, and they were on a three-game losing streak. Every single person in the Canes locker room knew this isn't just like a hey, let's wait and figure it out. It's all right, let's change what we need to change. Let's get it where we need to get it. Last night they got it where it needed to go. They got it where it needed to go. It was their, I believe, their most complete game. Oh, hundred percent. Freddie gave. Oh, let's just look at the goalie. Let's just let's just look at at, at Freddie. Okay. I don't put those two goals on him. I think that they're, I mean, like, obviously, sure. Would you like for him to make some kind of unbelievable save? Sure. Yes. But, but I don't put those on him, but still it's disheartening to give up boom, boom, back-to-back goals in the first period. But then in the second period, sometimes he's, he's pulling off a whole bunch of crazy stuff to keep the canes in it. And then of course he, he does end up getting picked up and then over time they get the win. That's that's such a, a little thing that you expect from your veteran goaltender that they hadn't been getting. Now part of that is because Freddie's been hurt, but but you'd like Ronta, you'd like Kochekov to pull off similar similar feats because they're I mean, they both won a bunch of games last year too. Like it's it's not like they were complete inexperienced. Uh it it, it just last night was such a breath of fresh air. It was and Robert Moore said it after the game. The team deserved to win that game. It's not like they just pulled one out out of yep. nowhere. Like, hey, you know what? We played terribly, but we got two lucky bounces, and before you know <laughs> it, we scored an overtime. Everything's good. We got two points out of it. And I think it's also 
good for them this early in the season to play as well as they did, to play as close to how they want to play and be rewarded with it by winning the game, uh, by by getting the two points in the standings out of this. Because had they lost that game, I think it would have been kind of deflating. Because I felt going into the third, when they were down 2-1, to one, felt like next goal would win. Mm-hmm. And it felt like next goal was going to win. And and it, it, it played out that way. Yep. But, but it was very different. They won a shootout game. I think it was the first of the the road trip, so yeah. it would have been the Kings game. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, even Ron, uh, Rod was saying, yeah, "We we kind of escaped with one there, yeah. right? It was it was it was they won it in the shootout again. Don't like no one was giving it back, but it was very much we stole one there, right? We probably eh, mm-hmm. you don't want to say Got you didn't deserve you don't want to say you didn't deserve it, but mm-hmm. you know body language tells a lot. Last night was kind of the opposite. It's like yeah, we won in overtime." But we played well enough to win. Win in, uh, you know, we could have been in control the whole game if a few things broke our way. That's that's you know, let's do that hockey. That's what it is. Uh, but but it's it's a different vibe. And now you have the opportunity tonight against San Jose to win on back to back nights. Mm-hmm. This is a team that you've beaten once, uh, so it's not like you're looking to avenge, but you are looking to sweep the season series. Yeah, there you go. Uh, already ten, <laughs> uh, nine games in the season. We're already completing the season series. You split the season series with Seattle. Uh, now, now you're looking to sweep a season series with with San Jose. But more importantly, you're looking to come home after a tough road trip, win two. Uh, you know, not only take in the breath of fresh air, but exhale the breath of fresh air and kind of you know start breathing better and allow everybody to get back to normal and be above 500. I thought last night mm-hmm. could end up. It could be one of those games we look back on a month from now and. All right, everything kind of pivoted there. If they if they back up yesterday's game with another strong game today, you can say this is the springboard. Exactly, and and then I'm then I'm pinpointing the third period goal set up beautifully. Kokiniemi finds the back of the net, mm-hmm. and I'm going that that's the fulcrum. That's the you know the GPS recalculating point of the season. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete of Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, is it still true that a million is enough to retire on? Tim, maybe and maybe not. The most important thing is to get a real plan that gives you income you never outlive. We'll give that away to the next 10 people. Call right now. The number to call, 800-691-3215. Text TIM to 600-700 if you're interested in texting. Once again, that phone number is 800-691-3215 or text TIM to 600-700 for that deal. Panthers had a bye week, and now they get one of the more interesting matchups on their, their schedule this year. Will Brian Burns play? Two-part question. Three-part question. Four-part. It's like 17 parts. But there's, there's a lot of layers but, to this. But there's two main parts. One, apparently he's hurt. Elbow? Allegedly. I'll, for, for those of you listening on the radio, you couldn't see the air quotes <laughs> jumping off the fingers of Dennis Just like Cox. Bryce had an injured ankle. Just saying. Uh, oh, oh, actually, let's put on our tinfoil hats and have that conversation. I'm just saying. Um, How the much other conspiracy thing- theory are we going in on? The other thing, I mean, we're gonna you have to have that conversation. Uh-huh. Uh, the other thing is that the trade deadline is Halloween, which means there is one game until the trade deadline. And as somebody, meaning myself, that believes the Panthers should trade Brian Burns, it becomes a a cataclysmic catastrophe if you are 
in extended negotiations with someone, like you've had multiple calls, you've talked terms of trade, and then Brian Burns suffers an injury because that's how you lose a negotiation. I don't care if it's, hey, he pulled a hammy, it's going to be a month. They're going to come back to you and say, yesterday's price is not today's price. With that first round pick, we were we were promising you just became a third. Like it, like it could be that little, but that little means everything to the Panthers. Right, maybe you were uh, trying to figure out a way to get two first-round picks. Brian Burns for two firsts, or maybe it was Brian Burns and a, a, a third for two firsts and a fifth. Some whatever it ends up being, you were in those talks. You're not getting two firsts for an injured Brian Burns, so you may want to hold him out. Also, he may have hurt his elbow. There's that. They're like there's. There's two sides of this. Here's Frank Reich on Burns' elbow injury and whether it was trade-related or not. No, no, no correlation. You know, he had a, you know, we had a kind of a little thing happen yesterday on a play where he hurt his elbow, um, you know, got it, che- you know, got it checked out. You know, just today was still an issue. So getting further evaluation on that to try to see where we're at. Yeah, I mean, what, what else is he going to say? What else? Here's the thing. Um if it is a legitimate elbow injury suffered in practice on a Thursday, the the second week of a bye week, it is mighty convenient. Coincidence, if you will. And there are those out there that say nothing's a coincidence. So let, let's put on the conspiracy theory hats and, and bring up what Dennis brought up, which is I was skeptical of the ankle injury that held Bryce Young out of the Seattle game. I mean, it wasn't until after the Seattle game that we even knew which ankle he hurt. I was the like the the nerd that studies the Zapruder film, watching all of the the end of the game plays that Bryce Young played, looking for a wince, looking for any sign of anguish or pain, looking for a limp, looking for a unsteady step, and and I just didn't see it. And then he was held out of the game with an ankle injury. Oh, by the way, that game happened to be one of the most difficult places, one of the most notoriously difficult places for rookies to play because it gets so loud and the communication becomes an issue. So they put Andy Dalton in for just that game and then almost immediately said Bryce Young was ready to go for the next game. Now, again, all of that could have been legit. He could have had an ankle injury that – uh, you know, as soon as the adrenaline of the game wore off, became more serious, and the swelling popped up, and it was obvious he wasn't going to be able to play, but the swelling miraculously dropped off as soon as that Seattle game was over and, and the pain went away. Is it possible? Yes. It would be mighty, mighty coincidental. Now, this injury has a lot of those same things, where the clues all come together to say, if you were going to trade Brian Burns, you probably wouldn't want him playing this weekend. You'd want to protect that value on the trade market. Mm-hmm. Also could be the, the the other thing that, again, just the clues. Mm, nah. The, yeah, things are how, like, genuinely. Think about this. If you are a coach of a team that is 0-6 and you have a two-week bye, how legitimately physical are you getting in practice on Thursday of the second week? Probably not very. I mean, it's got to be borderline walk-through speed when you're going 
any kind of offense versus defense, mm-hmm. right? You have full speed and drills and things against pads and indie work and all those sorts of things. Yeah, like, you're hitting sleds. It can't yeah. it can't be a very physical practice. Like the whole part of a bye week is you get your body refreshed and ready to go. Why would you be doing any kind of like, you know, can you get hurt in a walk through? Yes, but I don't think an elbow would be the thing you get hurt in a walk through. You know what you ve- almost never see. What's the 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 worst hyphenated word followed by another word in in sports? Non-contact injury. Oh yeah. You never hear non-contact elbow injury. <laughs> you hear non-contact knee, non-contact like the ligaments pop and all those sorts of the uh, MCL, ACL. You very rarely hear non-contact elbow injury. How much contact are you doing on a Thursday of the bye week with your best defensive player on an 0 16? Probably not much. So, so this is what they're asking us to believe, and we can choose to believe it or not. They are asking us to believe that your best defensive player, who is also one of the most commonly uh, named big names on the trade market, got hurt on a Thursday after a bye week of what we would expect, common sense would say, is a not very physical practice, and couldn't practice on Friday because of it, and is questionable on Sunday because of it. Now, I, I, this is obviously in the point of, like we said, conspiracy theory. We're in the point of inference and, and making our best guess. So I'm not going to tell you what to think. You can think whichever side. You can believe them or you cannot. That's up to you. Just know that, uh, just know that I am skeptical. I'll put, I'll put it like this. This is, uh, this is a, uh, there's a podcast out right now that I, I listen to while driving uh, uh, to Charlotte for the ACC tip-off earlier this week. It's the the five late-night hosts when the writer's strike were on strike. Okay. So it's uh, Kimmel, Fallon, Myers, uh, John Oliver, and there's one more who I'm going to forget. Steve oh, Carell? S- uh, Steve Colbert. But oh, yes. Steve Colbert, sorry. Yes. Not Carell. Uh, and, and they're telling stories of, like, guests and everything. One of the stories, I want to say Kimmel, but honestly, they all talk, so it, you, you get confused. Uh, he said he had Tommy Lasorda on his show very early on in the show. Former longtime Major League Baseball manager. Yes, Dodgers, one, one World Series, all those. One, like W-O-N, World, World Series. So he's, he's a very, very famous Hall mm-hmm. of Famer, has since passed away. Um, and, and he said that because it was early in his show, he got like, uh, I think it was a kid that could eat square pieces of cheese into the outline of states. And he had like a stand-up comedian and Tommy Lasorda. And Tommy Lasorda went on first and then like walked off the stage and saw the cheese eating kid. And then they left and saw, and after the show, they came up to Jimmy Kimmel and said like, Hey, Tommy Lasorda is down there and he's furious. You need to go talk to him. And he walks down there and he said, Tommy Lasorda used every bad word in the book. It's me and this bleeping, 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 cheese eating, bleeping, bleeping. Like, you know, what, what are you trying to associate me with? I've won world series on and on and on. And he said it went like 40 minutes to the point where, like 20 minutes in of getting yelled at by Tommy Lasorda, he started looking for cameras around the room, wondering <laughs> if if it, this was all like his staff playing a bit on him and they were going to record his reaction to you know, Tommy Lasorda treating him like an umpire. Is he being punked? And if this was going to be on the show later. Just know I'm to the point right now with these injuries in the Panthers that I am looking around the room looking for cameras going, you expect me to believe that this is actually mm-hmm. happening? Now, guess what? 
It ended up being completely legit. It was not part of a bit. Tommy Lasorda really was yelling at Jimmy Kimmel for 45 minutes. Like, it, that, that ended up being real. But Kimmel, like, very – he said I was, like, just looking into corners of the room just so if it ended up being a bit, they would see me looking at the room, the corners, and I could say I knew it was fake, right? I want everybody to know I'm looking in the corners of the room, so if it ends up being a bit, I knew it was, I knew it was a bit. I'm just – I'm putting that out there. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.